Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir, Shushan Purim, Pash Kisisa. What's that Shushan Purim? I apologize, uh, I don't know if I'll even make it through the whole shir. Um, I will try. Paj Kisiso. Shabbos Pashas Poro. As we know, the four Pashas we discussed before. The four parshas, parshas Shkolim, <coughs> which was either Shabbos Mevarchim Chedish Other or Shabbos Chedish Other, Parshas Pora, Parshas Zacher, which is always the Shabbos before Purim, as was last Shabbos, Parshas Pora. Which is connected to Parshas Achidish. It's the Shabbos before Parshas Achidish, whenever Achidish is. Achidish could be one of two things, we said. It could either be Shabbos Avarchim Achidish Nisan or Shabbos Achidish Nisan. Since next week will be Shabbos Avarchim Achidish Nisan, this week is Mitzvah Shabbos Pora. In the schus of Shaul Levi ben Simcha, Shavu Refuah Shleima, miraculous Refuah Shleima, also as we know. as we've been doing the past few weeks, for Divkala, Shalom, Bas, Menachem Mendel, Akayin, Arichasem, Vishanim. On Purim, we had the yard site of Red Moshe, Ben Arna, the Yoho, and Chayasara, Sisham, Shav, and Aliyah. Oh, wait a minute, we got life here. Okay. Okay, welcome Scranton. Try to call you before you were not there. Um, and Shir Bas Daniel. Shir Shalom Bas Daniel Shikhi. Which we read a second Sefer Chukas. 
the Paraduma was Chukas Hatera, as we spoke on Pashas Chukas itself, the concept of Chukim Mishpatim and Eidus, the three types of mitzvahs, Eidus Chukim Mishpatim, excuse me, the Eidus testimony, the Chukim mitzvahs that we don't know what they are, Mishpatim are the commonplace dinim that have to do with people's daily lives. Chukas what's the chok of the tera? The chok of the tera is the paraduma. What is the paraduma? Paraduma is the red heifer which was used, its blood was mixed with certain waters and was used to cleanse a person that was tommy the mace that was impure because they came in contact with a dead body. The anomaly of the mitzvah is that the same person, the very same person that sprays the mixture on the impure person that makes him pure, he himself, the one that sprays, becomes impure. So the fact that this very same fluid, liquid, can make somebody pure and impure at the same time is something that we can't grasp and understand. Let us visit a little bit more esoterically the mitzvah of the paraduma of the Tomei Lames. person becomes Tomei Lames. A mace, a dead body, a corpse. A corpse represents the opposite of life. A person needs to be constantly involved, entrenched in the concept of life. A person, the vitality, the warmth of life is what keeps a person existing. Whereas, if Rahman al-Islan, a person chooses the opposite, something that is not life. A person puts on tefillin, a man puts on tefillin, added a little complaint this week on Purim, one of the places I went to put on tefillin, um, we couldn't find our second pair, so I only had one pair that was with me. My son went down to somebody's office to try to read Megillah, and unfortunately it was not possible, but he wanted to put on tefillin. 
So he came upstairs, and in the middle of the street, we were going to put on film, there was a woman standing there. And she said, it's not fair. I also want. I also want to put on film. She meant it. She meant it. She wanted to know why there's no mitzvah for the women like this. He explained to her, had luckiest needs, a fresh scholar, Taras and Mishpacha, she unfortunately divorced. When she was married, she still to the mikveh. We gave her two candles for Shabbos, this manim. Told her, if you really mean it, start lighting candles. She was actually excited. And she took the candles graciously. But still wants to put on film. So when we put on film, the film they wrapped around the arm seven times. It's actually a half, another half, and four and two. Two and four. In many circles, after putting on the head, the Shalesh, they count. They go, Seven words. Trying to count the words now, don't bother. That ever said a Purim Tater. He said, Yayin and Lekach are the same gematria. <coughs> Put him, you take some Yayin, you take some Lekach. You some wine. Some cake for bison. So someone said to the person, Yayin and Lekach, Yayin is 70, and Lekach is 138. How do you get that? So was you right, take another cup of Yayin. But then it's more, it's 140, this is 138. So let take another piece of Lekach. But now it's even more than that, so let's take more Yayin. I'm putting you take more yayin, more lekach, until you don't know either you come up with a conclusion that yayin and lekach are the same gematria, same numerical value, or you get to a point where it doesn't matter if yayin and lekach are the same gematria. Asher, we said, the word asher is gematria 501. Titzava is gematria 501. Therefore, since Meisha says, Mechenina Mesifcha Asher Kasafta, therefore, it is the Parsha of Asher, of 501, that his name is omitted. That's one of the reasons we said last week. We'll soon discuss... This week's parsha takes the luchas and he breaks them. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says the mother says, "Yashikechacha she'shibarto." 
again using the word Asher. We see therefore that the word Asher has in essence a very deep root to it. So much so that Asher Kasafta Asher Shibarto that the word Asher will be translated that that you broke, that you wrote, that you did, that you made. (coughs) The fact that you went about doing so. This is what is referred to in the word Asher. Let's first delve into the Vecheninah. Meisha says, "Takadosh Baruch Hu ve'ato enau. If tisachatosem, if you'll forgive their sin, good. Vim ayin. If you don't, mecheni no. Please erase me. Mesifrecha asher kasafta from your book which you have written. Rabbi say." Focus. Focus what's happening here. Moshe Rabbeinu is threatening HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We do it all the time actually. God, if you don't give me this, I'll, I don't know what. God, if you don't help me with this. For the most part, Eden as we're going to discuss later, Maminim B'nei Maminim, believers and children of believers, and they go in a positive vein. They say, HaKadosh Baruch if you give me such and such, I will do such and such. Famous story of the child that was given two coins, one for themselves to buy something, and one for Tzedakah, for charity when they get to school. Well, on the way to school, the child tripped. And one of the coins fell out of the child's hand and rolled into the sewer. There's no way the child could retrieve it. The child looks at the single coin in their hand, raises his eyes to heaven and says, Okay, you lost yours. I still have mine, you lost yours. Child threatening, no. Child being realistic, (laughs) perhaps. Is that the attitude? It's not the attitude. One's attitude should be, okay, mine is gone, I still have to give charity. But it's a Balmadrega, it's a person of a level of status to be able to say and do that. It is said in the Zayar, Shkina medeberes mesechreine. The Shkina, the Divine Presence, 
spoke through Moshe's throat. See, he was God's veritable mouthpiece on this world. Moshe's identity, therefore, and his existence became one with the Creator. Is it easier said than done? Definitely. (coughs) Have many of us done that with our existence? No. He became one with the Creator. So much so, as we said, he was a Kajbarah whose mouthpiece on the world. (coughs) (coughs) So when Moshe demanded his name be erased from the Tera, if God would not forgive the Bnei Yisrael. I mean, the sin of the golden calf was quite grave. And it was immediately after HaKadosh Baruch who just spoke to them, as says, etc., 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 the level and the status that he were at. So when they did this grave sin, it's understandable that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to erase and eradicate these people. And Moshe Rabbeinu was pleading on their behalf. Rakadosh Baruch would hear nothing of it until Moshe raises this threat. Much more than his own legacy of his name not being in the Torah. Because Moshe's oneness with the Shekhinah, he was suggesting here erasing not only Moshe's name, and association with the Tera. In a sense, he was Chas saying, the Shekhinah's association with the Tera becomes separate as well. Severed. So the threat was not just something about himself, about his own fame, his name, but rather being that he was God's representative on the world. He was telling God, you too will no longer be affiliated, associated with the Tera. So although he was sacrificing so much, nevertheless, just to save B'nai Yisrael, Meshach believed that such extreme measures were acceptable. Where did he learn this from? The Tigmara tells us he learned this from, from the Saita. The wayward woman, the woman that was accused of infidelity, and she could not live with her husband now until <coughs> she was proven innocent. One of the tests that were done to prove her innocence was the drinking of a certain water that was prepared by the Kayan. In that water, in that mixture, they took a Torah scroll with several times, not the whole Torah, but the part of the Torah, a portion of the Torah where God's name is mentioned several times, and this was erased into this water. 
The woman then drank this, as we learned by Saita that either she became pregnant with a beautiful child, or if Shalom she was guilty, she physically exploded. The Imad therefore says, like Rosh Baruch Hu said, let my name written in Kedusha be blotted out in water to make peace between a man and his wife. If you keep his going home, it's Gemara Shabbos 116, side A, Kuf Tezayin, Ahmed Aleph. So in the same vein, Lesha took the same lesson, and he reasoned as such the same way. It's right to demand to have the name erased from the Torah. If it meant saving Klal Yisrael, and he took an example from God's willingness to sacrifice his own name, allowing it to be erased to make peace, domestic peace between husband and wife. <coughs> Moshe felt justified, therefore, to compromise his name, his honor everything he represented in order to restore the precious bond between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Yidin. Moshe had two passions. Passion for Teda and a passion for B'nai Yisrael. On the one hand, Moshe was the lawgiver. He taught all the halachas. He was the perfect conduit through whom God communicated His Torah to humanity. And that's why in Malachi, the prophet refers to Moshe as Torah's Moshe. His other role, Moshe was a faithful shepherd. His devotion to his nation was at such a level, Rashi writes in Bamidbar, Meshe zu Yisrael, Yisrael zu Meshe. Meshe is the Jewish nation, the Jewish nation is Meshe. It was unconditional. His love to call Yisrael as a shepherd to a flock was unconditional. And therefore, when the Yisrael rebelled against the Teda, which part of the Torah, the most basic principle, worshipping an a golden calf, <coughs> Moshe's passions clashed. He had an issue. From the Aveda, God threatened to wipe them out. It started a new nation from Moshe alone. Moshe pleaded with God to spare the Jews. Forgive them. Let them live. And as we said, he said, erase my name if you're not. So his attachment with B'nai Yisrael right even deeper than his attachment to the Teda as he was willing to sacrifice the entire Teda for the Jews. And this actually did, this did manage to secure forgiveness for B'nai Yisrael. And literally saved Eden from devastation. Similarly, by giving this, expressing this unbreakable attachment, 
Moshe evoked God's affection for the Jewish people. An affection that even transcends God's oneness with the Torah. So by rekindling God's love for Bnei Yisrael, Moshe caused God to accept and forgive them and grant them another opportunity to keep his data. But Moshe, after the first time, after the 40 days, and he comes down with the beautiful luchas carved by HaKadosh Baruch himself, and he comes down with these beautiful luchas so much so that the letters went through and through and you were able to read them on both sides. No. They said nothing. They said they have to call 8.30 in the morning. These luchas were so special that they carried themselves. carried themselves, they were very, very heavy but yet Meisha was carrying them because they carried their on themselves but when Meisha comes down the mountain and the two luchas are in his hand and he sees the grave sin that the Jews were performing he broke them he took them and threw them <coughs> threw them to the ground as we said, they had wings practically. They were flying over his hands, really. But at this point, he grabbed hold of them and threw them to the floor. Consciously, he did this. He gave him score home. He gave him Shabbos, Pesayin, Amir Aleph. He involved Samach Beis, Amir Aleph. It talks about how Kaddish Baruch was masking with what he did. As we said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, Yashikichacho Asher Shibarto. Thank you for breaking them. So going back to the word Asher, Asher is a lotion of Ishri, Shivchai, praise. He praised them for breaking them. After which, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to Meisha the, luches, the second Luchas, which are a level of Kaflayim at again, the same Gemaras. But when the second Luchas came, Halachas, Medrash, Agodis, whole Teresh came with the second Luchas. These luchas are then put into the Aram Bris, Hashem, that was in the Mishkan. Next to them in the Aram were the broken luchas. Again, the Gemara says to us, Gimiskor at home, Baba Basra, Yudala Ramad Beis, and Menochis, Tzadik Tesam Ralef. The luchas and Shivri luchas, Menochim Baram. 
both the original, the second luchais, and the broken ones were placed side by side in the Aaron. Why? Why put them both together? And especially the broken luchais commemorate the horrific sin of the eagle. We spoke about this two weeks ago. A little different last week, a little different twist. But the main question we have, the head of the first Luchas were really, really special. Written by God. Not like the second one was written by Moshe. Why, in the second one, Tafke, did we receive Teresh of not with the first ones? Cheda, when they got the first ones, they were a very high level. The second ones came after Cheta Eagle, after the sin of the golden calf. So what reason were they both together? Teres Chassidus explains the mohus of Ein the, the never-ending mohus essence of the Teda, which is which is its chachma, which is with no boundary of a Baruch Hu, Ein Adam Yochel Teisva person can't necessarily grasp everything. We have limitations of how much we could actually grasp. Out of the essence of the Teda. And therefore the Tanai, the condition, Kabbalah is a Teda. How does one accept Teda? How does one learn Teda? How does one become one with Teda? Through Bittl. Self-nullification. When the person makes himself a nothing, says nothing, uh, holds nothing about himself, then he has an essence. The person doesn't feel that he's any Metzius, then he can become one with Tera. tells us, and we say it every day, and and my soul as dust should become totally. Only after we say those words can we say, Psach libi open my heart for your Teda. The situation of Am Yisrael when Matan was given was a situation of a very high status. Bachar banu mikalam veloshen vremamtonu mikalashenais Tremendous, tremendous status we had. Chosen nation. Our language was even rose up. So, really, the essence of the person felt that they were a person of stature. They had something. They were something. However, 
for the Shkina to reveal itself, the revelation of the Shkina, when the Shkina revealed itself, I'm sorry, they became totally nullified. But it was not total. It was not complete and total eradication of their of the egos. It was a bitl that came from being so great. He said, How do you like my humble? How humble I am. Therefore, the Torah was given at the foot of Har Sinai. That was given with, with boundaries. You didn't have everything that circumference is Torah. Because so were not yet a vessel for accepting this. However, after the Chet Egel, after they sinned by the golden calf, and Moshe Rabbeinu broke in their own eyes the Lucas in front of their eyes, they achieved and they reached to a whole new level of bitl, of self-love. <coughs> of nullifying their own existence. Their hearts were broken from within. And they were now at a level of nafshi ka'afalakatiya. This bitl became a vessel that is possible to accept the teira balpeh and the lukas ashniyim and therefore were kiflayim l'teshia double salvation. Now we understand why the second Luchas and the broken Luchas were put together. The broken Luchas represented the Tzadikim before and the whole Luchas represented the Balei Tshuva. The broken heart of a Jew that a Jew needs to understand how Teda can now permeate, enter their heart and their minds. Then they become a vessel for Teda. i try to go a little further. is in dialogue with God. And he wants to see God's face. And the Torah tells us, when Meishu Rabbeinu says, Show me your glory. HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers, You cannot see my face. You'll see the back of my head, my face you will not see. Rashi explains, what did he see? He saw the Kesher of Kajbaruch's Tvilin. 
which of course we know was made like an Ashkenazi. This is Chabad. <laughs> oh, you can get shot for that one. Anyway. We can't really explain and grasp this conversation in the human mind. Ponai, Achoyrai, his face, his back. It's it's symbolic if at, at best. Ponai, Chashbaruch's face. This is a pure revelation. Just like the face of the person reveals his essence, the Achoyrai, the back is limited to what you know of the person. When you see the back of a person, you know how, how tall he is maybe, how broad he is, but you don't know much more than that about him. When you see the face, you know what the person is. So when you saw the back, what does Rashi tell us? The Keshet of the children. First of all, you need to understand that Kharish Baruch was Mutav Talis. He always wore his talus over his head. So Midrashim asked, How could he have seen the Kesher? Because Baruch was wearing a talus. And the most commonplace answer is the Kesher was a Kesher Shalesh. And therefore he saw the flame through the talus. This concept, though, from the general connection over here, of the request of Meish Rabbeinu. This was after HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Meish HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Meish Ani Aver Kaltuvi Al Panecha V'Krasi B'Shem Hashem V'Fanecha V'Chanesi Asher Achim Rashi explains over here that Kodesh Baruch said, I will permit you to see, because I want and need to teach you, say the Hatfila. How to daven. Everything comes with a Mizgeris, with a curriculum. Teaching of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, how to request Rachem. <laughs> how to request compassion. This is where the Kesher of the Tefillin come into play. The Bakoshas Rachem here comes after the sin of the golden calf. How did he go about this, Michal? What were you thinking, Maisha? They were in a bad place. Who are you asking forgiveness for here? And on what merit? On what merit did they deserve to be forgiven? Ultimately, they were forgiven on a threat, but not on a, a merit. But the truth of the matter is, the fact that this sin was not understood. Not, not, not something that we can grasp. 
Generally, the Gemara tells us, Vikim is called home, Shabbos, Sadiq Zayin, Amar Aleph, 97, side 1. Yisrael, Yisrael, Maminim, Bnei Maminim. They're believers and children of believers. Each Jew believes deep down HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And that every moment HaKadosh Baruch Hu recreates the world. In that case, how is it possible that the person sinned to God? The same God that's Memalikol fills his whole essence. How does he sin against such a God? He's using God's life, the life that God gives him, and he's using that to do a sin. I mean, it's, it's not even a kukatlula, it's just a total, it's unacceptable ethically or anything else. Every concept of sin is connected with the concept of forgetting. The person simply tends to forget their essence. They forget that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the true one and only of all existence. And therefore, a person is capable of coming on to sin. But that moment that they remind themselves and they feel from the new a new point that the truth is godliness is what gives him his existence <coughs> they have no reason or rhyme to do any sins. So the fact is <coughs> they were coerced. The Satan came in a tremendous, tremendous, vulnerable time. Showed them Moshe on a bed. He spun their heads around in 50 different directions. And that's what brought them to sin. But the request of Rachamim is totally connected with what the memory stands for. When a Jew remembers the true point of godliness, then they reveal themselves all sins. It, reveals, it gets revealed to them that everything they did was wrong. It was a mistake. Because they forgot. And this is the concept Talos and Tfilin. On the tzitzis it says, When you'll see them, you remember all the mitzvahs of God. And we've explained already why. Because the word tzitzis, tzadik yud, is a hundred. Tzadik yud is another hundred. And tof is four hundred, is six hundred. When the tzitzis are made, they're made with five knots and eight strings. So eight and five are thirteen which reminds us of the 613 mitzvahs. And Tvilin it says, 
also to remind us. Therefore, Chazal tell us that Hakadosh Baruch Hu reveals to Moshe that he is put, he is wrapped in a talis, he's bound in tefillin. These two connections will bring back memory to the person. And especially, we have here the stress of the Kesher of the Tzvillim, the knot of the Tzvillim, in which is the Matiyatel Hashem Beficho, if you keep score at home, Kedushin Lamarayam and Aleph, the whole tale is compared to Tefillin. The knot is something that signifies strength, a special strength of memory. And we know, therefore, by tying this knot to remember these words, so also HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows Moshe on Sinai how to give forgiveness for the sin, the grave sin that they had committed. And when they strengthen their memories to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that it all comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and everything we have comes from God, then, at each and every life, every, each and every breath, and each and every moment that we survive, that we exist, is because of godliness, then the person reminds themselves, Oi, what have I done? How have I sinned? two uh, thieves went into a nice Jewish business of counterfeiting money one of them was caught with $10,000 counterfeit money the other one was caught with no money but the printing press in his house the one with the $10,000 got one year in jail the one with the printing press got seven. He says, well, what's going on here? I wasn't caught with anything. I only had a printing press. That's correct. He had the $10,000. Whatever he could do with those $10,000 was limited up to $10,000. By saying what you could do is unlimited. And therefore, his sin is a sin that he committed, and committed, it's done, it's over with. Whereas yours, you're committing it to memory, you're committing it to life, and you can do it over and over and over again. And that's why it's much more severe. And therefore a person needs to dedicate and to devote their lives to Taylor and to Mitzvah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see to it that we fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzin and we will be fulfilled with with our Ratzin as Semach Dovr Avdachem Eheres Atzmiach and Beni Rishalayim and we should find ourselves this Shabbos and we should Akibizeche to the true Para Aduma where we will be able to sacrifice the Para Aduma and the entire Kal Yisrael will become Tahir once again Shabbat Shalom to all